This is the Bitcoin Made Simple Podcast. Here's your host, Corey Tusick. This is the Bitcoin Made Simple Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Tusick. On today's episode, I interviewed Daniel Prince, host of the Once Bitten Podcast. Uh, Prince is the first person that I had on the show, uh, if you remember when I started. Um, and I thought it would just be a good idea to have a mid-year review, you know, a review of where we are and where Bitcoin is and, and how we, uh, you know, how I've been doing with the podcast and everything like that. So it was just good to catch up with him because I don't think uh, ever since we were on each other's shows, we had had chatted other than, you know, just texting and all that kind of stuff. So it was good to catch up um, with Princey. And then we, in addition to a mid-year review, we, we also, uh, you know, discussed what it was like leaving your fiat jobs and you know leaving your fiat life behind you and and you know his book choose life uh really gets into that so we he talked a little bit about that and what our experiences were like leaving our jobs um whenever we we got out of what we didn't want to be doing um and then we also we chatted about uh, the cartoon project i'm working on called the citadel and uh lauren joined the show um you know to ask some questions but then we also uh, talked about the potential of her and her dad, uh, you know, lending their voices to this this cartoon show. So, um, if you want to reach out to me, the show Twitter handle is at Bitcoin Simply, and my personal one is at Tusik Corey, and the t- show email is Bitcoin Made Simple Podcast at Gmail dot com. Thanks. Um, absolutely. But um, the. Yeah, I gotta, do, do you want me to do you want me to do a backup recording in GarageBand in case uh, Zoom screws up? Um, yeah, if you don't mind, I haven't had that happen yet. But if you don't mind, yeah. um, uh, it happened to me the other day. I had uh, a lady on, and once I went to release the audio, she somehow turned out to be a Dalek. Um, it sounded fine when we were recording, but then when it came to uh, actually trying to uh, continue. Okay. Yeah, this microphone's not bad. I can't tell. My my voice is never on par. I don't think with the guests. Um, I mean, you know, if if a guest is just using headphones or whatever, then obviously it's better. And, uh, you know, people with like microphones and stuff like that. I'm like, what's the one that the Shore microphone? Uh, I don't know, man. S H U R E or something like that. I think it's what Rogan uses. Um, and I think they're they're a little expensive, but might do it uh, just because you know. And I feel like the old re- radio DJ here with the with the arm, you know, <laughs> like exactly. it's like old school. All um, right, hang on. So I've got Garage Band going. Uh, I'm gonna hit. Hang on a second. <clears throat> I get these problems all the time. <clears throat> the throat clears. I wonder if standing up fixes that. I've never tried it. Uh, you have the, that's yeah, the, that's the, the Peter McCormick that, style. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm going to hit record and then you've got a backup MP3 on my side. So, uh, yeah, all, all good to go, brother. All good to go. Um, so is Lauren uh, is Lauren around? Does she have any questions? I got to ask that, or is she? I, I can go. She... I can go and grab her. We were just finishing up dinner, so uh, I can go find out uh, what's uh, what she's up to. Do you want me to go grab her? 
Hey, if she's if she's up for it, I mean, you know, just let her know it's the streaming service guy, the movie guy, because I don't know if she wouldn't even know what questions to ask me. But yeah, well, one sec, one sec. All right, we're good. We're good All to right, go. You want to have you, the most? You want to do an intro? Podcaster. Hi. Now we have the most famous uh, podcaster, Lauren, is is joining us. Uh, which is, uh, you know, no offense, you know, I I wanted to talk to your dad, but I mean, really, you know. Everybody knows who the who runs the show on the uh, Once Bitten podcast. So I had to I had to get your. Uh, so how, how's your summer been? You you guys just went on holiday, or as we call it, vacation. Uh yeah, that was a couple weeks ago, like a month ago now. But otherwise, it's it's pretty nice. Yeah, how do you like uh, being a, in the in the Bitcoin world? Uh, um. I think it's cool. Well, you want some sats yeah, the other day, didn't I you? Yeah, I actually did. Yeah, oh, you, yeah, all the kids want some sats. So how, how, how did uh, you do that? We did that because there was a drawing competition going around. And uh, so after all that happened, like it was the end. And somehow me and Sophia, because we, we did the drawing together. Mm-hmm. And Samuel won because no one else did their drawings. <laughs> so... <laughs> If anyone else did their drawings, I bet it would have been us. Cause shall I shall I uh, set the scene here and and uh, give the story? We had uh, MTC BTC on the show. He's the okay. creator of at Sats Ledger S A T S Sats Ledger, and that's a little kind of like little bank book for kids to play around with with stickers and and such like. Oh, cool! Track their satoshis that they can earn by doing jobs and around the house. You know, like classic. You know. Yeah. chores kids, and all that kind of stuff exactly and you can get paid in sats and then they they log it in their books and it's a really cool little thing to um to to grab hold of for your kids and he was on the show and at the end of the show he said right i'm going to throw out a challenge there's fifty thousand sats to the child that draws the best picture of satoshi which you will yeah. obviously love you yeah know, the, the theme of your film and yeah. uh the, so i told the kids you got to get on this. And my son, Samuel, is like, no, nah, I'm never going to win. I can't draw. And he's, I'm like, mate, you've got to be in it to win it. Like, yep. you, you have to submit you something. you got to try, you know. you got to submit something. So he submitted one. And then Lauren and Sophia brainstormed. Lauren had the, the ideas and Sophia had the drawing technical uh, ability. Mm-hmm. And uh, lo and behold, the only two pictures that were put forward <laughs> were, <laughs> were from uh, – La Famille Prince, and yes. uh, they 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 were very um, uh, MTC and his wife were the judges, and uh, they they gave away fifty thousand sets to each drawing. Uh, oh, nice. what, what what was funny about Lauren and Sophia's drawing? We did it female version. Mm-hmm. Oh, kind of, nice, kind of anime esque, and. I looked at it. I'm like, this is really cool, guys. I can't. This is brilliant. Who came up with the idea of, uh, you know, one blue eye and one orange eye? Okay, so like we we were thinking like one white eye and one blue, uh, orange eye for like the theme of Bitcoin. But then she said like something else than white. I was like, okay, what about like brown or like a grayish kind of brownish? And then she was like, no, we need something else. I was like, what about blue? She was like, oh, good idea. So I said, well, that, you know, it's brilliant. You know, you got the blue pill and the orange pill. And they looked at me like I was crazy. Really? I did not think about that. <laughs> I, think, I, I didn't think about that. It's, it's the subliminal teaching that your dad's been doing 
He's exactly. just been dropping it in, you know, like as you guys sleep, he just comes in the room and just whispers in your ear, you know, orange pill, orange pill. Hammering orange pill. down the, 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 the nail until it rains. That and do the dishes, do the dishes. You know? yeah, yeah. Oh, daddy, we did the dishwasher this morning. I know. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're, they're <laughs> unprompted. They are unloaded the dishwasher. I mean, it's amazing. It's only taken 10 years. We're getting there. We're, yeah. We're, we're almost out of the woods. Wait, daddy. Yeah. No, nothing. So, so fifty thousand sets. So that's what, like, that's like, uh, probably twenty dollars. Yeah, twenty something. That's pretty. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good haul for a uh, for a drawing. Yeah, yeah but absolutely. I need my rent. You need your rent. Yeah, because I do the podcast and everything. It's I not need rent. The, uh, that's like, wages. Not rent, but like wages. Yeah, I need. The, I need the money. She pays rent. <laughs> He's a you rent seeker. Rent. Yeah. yeah, listeners. I, I, you know, look what's going on here. Be I careful. You pay work. rent to her. You and your wife pay rent to her. Yeah, yeah exactly. Give me the money. Yeah, no, you but, need some. Uh, in your wallet, Satoshi, I need yeah, to yeah, ping you some sats for yeah. the, the help on the yeah. on the show. All of the behind the scenes Even stuff though, you don't do. <laughs> Even though you do everything, I still need the. I need well, this for my teenage years. Well, Lauren, I have a question for you. So. There's this TV show that I'm in the process of developing. I don't know if, do you remember? I, I do like movies and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And, and we have a streaming platform. The apps will be out sometime this month. Um, and it's called Movies Plus. And, uh, and so that's my, pro, that's my plug for Movies Plus. Moviesplus.com. Go, go to Movies Plus. Uh, but, um, but I want to make a show that's specifically for Bitcoin. And it's going to be like a cartoon, more like adult humor. Like, have you ever watched like Family Guy or Simpsons? Yeah, yeah, we love okay. the Simpsons and Family oh, Guy. Rick and Morty. Oh, I love. Oh that. yeah, and Rick and Morty. Yeah, I just started Rick and Morty because my friend that is developing another show with me, um, he recommended I watch it. He said you. He was like, dude, you got to watch it for comedy writing. It's great. Um, you have to watch it. But the uh, so yeah, the the show is called The Citadel, and. It's going to be a Citadel. Have you heard the Citadel talk in Bitcoin? Um, no. What, what do you think a Citadel is? <laughs> it's it's like a castle, really. It's like a walled city. I mean, we we have Citadels all around where we yeah, live. Okay. Um, well, it's a town like uh, even Sala would have been a Citadel yeah, at one stage sure. because that you know it has big town walls. And also, like it's very medieval. So yeah. Yeah, and so people lived in citadels to protect themselves, and, uh, and now that's what Bitcoiners want to do: is mm-hmm. the Bitcoiners want to just go away and build their citadel so that nobody can come in and bother them. And so I had this idea of making an adult-themed humor cartoon show called The Citadel, where all the Bitcoiners live in the citadel because Bitcoin became a standard uh, unit of account. And, you know, they, they don't have anything to fight for anymore. And now they're just protecting their wealth. And uh, so there's all these characters that I have that are real people. And I'm like, I'm going to talk to everybody and be like, hey, I got to get everybody in this. But you and your dad have to be in the show. And I was thinking like, I was like, well, you know, you're Daniel's always talking about your dad's always talking about uh, education, everything like that. Maybe it could be like the school that like, you know, he's like the headmaster of the school in the Citadel. And then I started thinking, well, Lauren's kind of like 
she'd be a student but she's also like the bitcoin celebrity so like you could be like everywhere you show up like have like sunglasses on and like you know flashing peace be signs like, with like the paparazzi yeah! the paparazzi snapping pictures and you know the, uh, yeah. so yeah I, I would uh I, i'm i'm it's still in the early stages so i have to preface this because whenever i tell my son that we're working on a show he thinks it's going to come out like next week right and i'm like i was like nine months to a year um but uh but yeah if you'd be interested if you guys would be interested uh that would be a potential thing where we could uh we could have you record voices for your character yeah that would be very definitely. cool definitely we could do it just over the microphone you know be yeah. easy yeah. enough no, we'd, yeah i totally want to do, do that it. yes you could be like uh lisa simpson would I be Mr. Mackey or would I be Principal Skinner? Like I'm not, I'm not okay. Lisa because I am not smart. You are smart. I am smart, but not as smart as her. One of my, one of my favorite uh, Simpson episodes. And I do ever. have friends, so. <laughs> do, you, do you? This is an old one, so you probably don't remember. But whenever Lisa was a, um, I think she was a witness in a crime, and the judge goes, um, he's like. We, to protect the witness's name, we won't say her name, so we'll just call her L. Simpson. And he's like, wait a minute, that's too obvious. We'll call her Lisa S. This <laughs> is like, <laughs> just brilliant. They're just, they're brilliant. So yeah, we, we have all kinds of stuff we want to do, like uh, like Peter McCormack. Uh, I want to have him be running an Aston Martin dealership um, <laughs> where he is trying to sell all the Aston Martins that he's bought. Uh, That'd be great. And, then uh it loved uh, that too yeah and then unfortunately you know we had breed love fall down um but i it fits right in i was gonna have the the church of robert Breedlove in latter-day saints and he'd be like a jesus figure and and then it worked out perfectly that he'll he'll accept donations in bitcloud so like instead of passing around a collection plate he'll just say send it to my bitcloud address uh, who are the other characters? Guy Swan. Everything's read by Guy Swan. Um, the town this, crier. Yeah. Everyone in this <laughs> whole to town be. has forgotten <laughs> how to read. So like all signs have a button under them and you press it and it's Guy Swan reading the sign to you. Um, or just standing so, out in the square at 12 o'clock every day, like reading out a Bitcoin article, like hear ye, hear <laughs> yeah. ye with the bell. <laughs> I'm uh, Guy Swan, and, Bitcoin audible, yo. <laughs> And then, uh, and then Preston Pish would be head of Citadel Defense. Um, yeah. And uh, and then you'd have uh, Canute found home and Plan B out on the open seas. Uh, you know, they're the, they're the pirates patrolling the seas in front of the Citadel. Canute um, would be, he would be so be interested. He, he would want to help you write this. He's, he's, he's pay, been trying <gasps> to get the, the, the South Park guys to, to write a Bitcoin episode. He'd be, uh, Wait, South Park? Yeah. Like the people who wrote yeah. South Park. Yeah. Yeah. We actually, I, I was just, uh, like in my research doing, watch the, the six days to air, um, where have you ever seen that documentary? How they South Park, they make the show within six days. Um, and so that's kind of what I want to get to eventually, obviously for the pilot, you have to just kind of like grease the wheels and get everything going. Um, mm -hmm. but just cause things happen so quickly that like the Robert Breedlove thing, I was like, oh my God, that would be the next episode where the whole episode is about him accepting BitClout as donations and 
you know, you just there's so, and like I, I did this on a Twitter spaces when we were talking about it, saying like things happen so quickly in Bitcoin that like mm. you're gonna have to, you know, get a rhythm going. So so hopefully six hours to it. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be yeah, six hours, not six days. It'll be it'd be it'll awesome. Be, yeah. I mean the script almost writes itself. Like it really if you're does keeping it topical. It really does. No, it's brilliant. And it's then I think idea, mate. I think it's all the it'll be fun because all the podcasters, everybody that's like got a personality can all get involved in it, you know, and do their voices, but also they get in on the business side of it. That's the thing, Lauren, is that you would have to, you know, we'd actually have to have a contract with you if you wanted to do the voice. Your parents would have to approve of it, you know, with child performers and everything like that. But like this could be this. You could start saving money. Oh, yes. yeah. oh my goodness i'll but be you know, richer yeah. than my sister that'd be that'd brother. be an interesting study in in like 10 to 15 years time uh you know the contrast difference between a fiat child celebrity to a bitcoin child celebrity yeah yeah you know soon the paparazzi is just gonna come <laughs> to your little because town and friends will just, just come blowing. yeah they'll just come blowing you up so yeah, that's a, I, I hope we, that uh, we can do that soon. You know, we I'm gonna try to do a two minute like test, um, and then also do a poster of the Citadel. Um, but the the trick is animate, or have you got to find all of that? I got to find one. I'm probably gonna post on like the those like Bitcoin jobs or whatever. I got to find a Bitcoin forum. jobs, yeah. Because yeah, I don't have you know I have like seven eight hundred followers. I don't have enough followers to like crowdsource and get an anime, but you know, it's not going to be a lucrative paying gig um, to start. You know, it's just going to be, let's try to, you know, feel it out, throw something together. But, um, but uh, yeah, I, I have this vision in my head and, and it's, it's hard as when you're in the creative industry, I have like eight different, I have this huge list of projects that I want to make. Um, and they're all kind of in the beginning phases. And so it's I'm trying to shepherd them to the point where then I can just like let other people really run the show. And I just watch from a distance, come into the writer's room, shoot some jokes out and then leave. And um, and like we're even trying to make a movie call or a TV show. Uh, we're we're just writing the pilot. Uh, it's going to be similar to The Office, but um, uh, the obtuse boss that doesn't really have self-awareness is going to be a movie producer. Um, and you know he'll be like completely insensitive to the times but like not maliciously just because so many people say they're like because you're not if you're not woke you get canceled or whatever you know and they said oh the office could never be done nowadays because you know it was so rude and i'm like nah let's do it let's let's, let's be rude <laughs> for it man because people are dying for that comedy back that humor back in their lives yeah yeah like you know, we could do. Um, I don't. I don't even spoil the the jokes because there's some good ones. <laughs> it's just, it's absurd. So I hope we get the green light. That it's the trick. Now we have. I'm like in charge of everything, and I can cancel stuff, but I also need to convince the rest of the the owners. <laughs> so like they're they believe me. They're like, yeah, let's do this. But I also they're not just gonna say like, hey, we'll just give you money for anything. It'd be like. You know, you have to you have to really flush it out and and have a good project to go for it. So I don't know. Hopefully, I, I'm thinking Bitcoiners will like our platform. I hope so. I'm sure. Shoot it again. 
Uh, yeah, Movies Plus. The website is mymoviesplus.com. And in the if you're listening to this after the month of July 2021, go into your favorite app store and find Movies Plus. Um, yeah, just type Movies Plus. Movies Plus and um, trying to get some Bitcoin docs on there um, and some other Bitcoin material because uh, I'll edit this part out. So cut, no, <laughs> uncut. <laughs> so. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on. Do you have any any other questions, Lauren? Any anything? I'm not a Bitcoin expert, but I could. You have any no, questions about the? I got an them? idea. Oh, well, let's bring it. Bring it. Let's. I like. So it. like, we should have like a full season of like an animation of like all the Bitcoiners. You know, like in like the Simpsons. We should like like that animated and everything. Why not? We should do that with but with all the people who are voice acting like i'm not sure where you're going with this like we make you our they have own an anime? episodes and see yeah basically an anime an anime an anime yeah, oh, basic, yeah. like basically <clears throat> that yeah like a whole anime of us so what we get drawn in the style of anime is that not what, not the style of anime but like basically just get drawn animated Mm-hmm. And like, we do like a whole entire season of that. Like, thought we epic. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's, that's exactly what Corey's talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what the show is. We'll, we'll have to make a cartoon version yeah. of you. Yeah. Yeah, but there needs to be more seasons. Like, if we need to add seasons, but only if it's successful and people watch it. Otherwise, it okay. just drops into nothing. I would think we'd probably start with like a ten episode season. Um, you know, and, and hopefully I'm, I think people are going to like it. Yeah. Um, and Bitcoiners are going to rally around it. And, you know, we're not, the budget's not big. Um, so it's not like we have to recoup a bunch of money and, and everything like that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we, we have to do, it has to do well, but it's not going to be challenging. It's not going to be like, you know, those big shows that are on the TV networks where they have to go, you know, millions of people have to be watching by the third episode or you're done, you know? So if we can do 10 episodes, it gets well received and boom, we'll go right back to it and just start writing. Ideally just have the writers sitting there ready to go and be like, Hey, here's the new idea. Write the episode, maybe take like 10 days to write the episode and then get the script out to all the podcasters and, everybody that needs to be on and and they can start doing it the idea the idea too is that um the guy that there's this guy that gets um orange pilled he like goes he hears this party going on in the citadel from his house and he's like coming home from his like humdrum job where he's just like hates his life everything and he hears the he hears the pump it up song the you know you've got to pump it up oh you yeah. go pump, you it up. pump it up you gotta pump it up and so he hears it like coming from behind the walls of the citadel and he like opens the door and he gets like enamored with everything. They give him the orange pill and he takes it and then he becomes a Bitcoiner and he like goes home immediately, moves his entire family out, like puts the house up for sale, moves into the citadel, buys a house. And then like as he's going into his house for the night, he trips and falls and hits the ground and the orange pill comes out. So now he's a non-orange-pilled 
person that has committed his life to the Citadel and he's surrounded by all these orange pill Bitcoiners. So it's just kind of like a good way for us to play, like poke fun at it, like where he basically, it'll be all the Bitcoiners poking fun at ourselves, you know, laughing, forever selling out at any stage. Or... Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so it'll, it, it, it'll be, I just divulged like the whole uh, premise of the show. Oh, script. So now it's got to, now it's has to come out and I might as well, it, it's probably going to get listed on IMDb now. So <laughs> can you have a bunch of guys living together in a, uh, an apartment, like a mix of uh, men and women and, and call them friends, F-R-E-N-S? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Uh, Wait, how be, did you spell it? Friends. That's how we, that's how we call each other friends on Bitcoin. You're, you're, you're Bitcoin friends, F-R-E-N-S. That's just so confusing. Yeah, that could be a bunch of Zoomers. That, that you know, all the Zoomer <laughs> friends that uh, what's that are the just W in, uh, one? Like their own little F-R-E-W-N-S. apartment. F R E W N S. Does that mean like friends that don't really understand? Don't I've seen that one before. You you have to answer this for me. Somebody tag this in Canute. Somebody asked this question of Canute when I interviewed him. Like for, asked me to ask. I have no idea. What's that one about the swallow? The question. <laughs> I have no idea what it means. I'm not even like up okay, on the joke. Yes. So let me read yeah, it here. What it is it? It says um, right. Yeah, you asked today on Twitter. Are there any questions that you should ask uh, that, that you'd like to ask? Yeah. Uh, oh, it was it was you. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, well, yeah. Uh, so yeah. the question is, what is the average speed of an unladen swallow? And what in the world does that mean? Because I was there like, is, that's the second time that's turned up in a question. Like, and, and the first time was with Canute. And yep. uh, I, I may have even asked that question of Canute. Or I think I might have followed up with um, the next question of, um, would that be an African or a European swallow? So this is in reference to Monty Python. The, um, oh, okay. You're right. <laughs> the oh, the, like uh, the Holy idiot. Grail. Yeah. It's the yeah. Holy Grail film. And it was when they're trying to cross the bridge and uh, the old guy's there. He's like, you know, none of you shall pass unless you answer me these questions three or something like that. And so they ask, you know, stupid questions. And the, the, the final question is that question. Yeah. And they question him with the question. Would that be African or European swallow? And he's like, well, I don't know that. And he gets flipped off into the ravine so they can cross the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> it's classic. Wow. Python. I'm sitting there trying to de decipher it as if it's some big Bitcoin thing <laughs> that like I'm not getting. And I mean, I saw last time I saw the Holy Grail was probably when I was like 12 or 13. Needs a revisit. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. It's um, a Bitcoin film. There's a Citadel in there. That's true. That's true. That's right. I didn't think about that. Um. So yeah, your father so was a hamster, right, and your mother smelled of elderberries, and you're not coming in. <laughs> I fought in your general direction. Exactly, you got it. That's, you got it. That's my. That's my. And British it was accent. in France. My British accent. <clears throat> my wife always teases me whenever I try to do a British accent. I just talk slower and dumber. I just like, <laughs> oh, okay, that's what I'm doing because I got a British accent. And she's like, that's not how people from England sound. Like it's not at all. So you've got to do one of the voiceovers for one of the English uh, 
actors in the Citadel with your with your really bad English Oh, accent. yeah. And then we could make it like the animation of that character could be like this horrifically drawn like stick figure that's like all messed up and like hello i'm from england you know <laughs> uh, you got it. before anyone gets anywhere else i'm gonna leave and okay eat and a brownie so okay all right yeah you're gonna go for some dessert all right yeah. uh, are you guys still dancing to music out there no i don't know no all right. maybe cockles are but not me <laughs> okay Bye. see ya oh man Oh, that's that's good. That's uh, she she asks the best questions, you know, and she brings up the best conversation. It's always out of left field, mate. You never you never know. You got to be ready to zig and zag. <laughs> you ever hold your breath? Like, what's gonna be coming out now? <laughs> All the time. All the time. Yeah. There's there's zero prep before we we jump on a call together, uh, and she teases me for it. But I, you know, I say to her, right, Lauren. We got a podcast in 10 minutes. He's like, what? Why didn't you tell me this morning? I'm like, because there's no point in telling you this morning. You would have forgotten about it. You have no concept of time. Like you literally, like when was the last time you looked at the time? What's the time right now? I don't know. So yeah. then what's the point of me telling you? I'm yeah. telling you 10 minutes before. Let's go in. It's raw. That's part of the, you know, appeal to people that uh -huh. um, we have part no idea what's going to come out of the like uh, we were uh, interviewing Nick Bartia the other night and she said, so well, what is it this guy does? I'm like, he wrote this book. Ask him about the book. So, yeah, okay. So off we go. But then as soon as that one question's done and the guest has answered, man, the, yeah, it's just what, game over. You could, anything could come out. Yeah. It's, you know, throw a dart. You, you've no idea, you know, blind self, bl blindfold yourself, Chug three pints, spin around, and throw a dart, and see what question you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of chugging three pints, um, so I know we talked about early on. I was like, oh, we got to do Bitcoin and beers, but it's mm -hmm. just so hard with our time frame. With our, you know, you, you know, being what, five hours ahead. Well, I'm I'm on the wine, so you know, what's uh, your excuse? Yeah, I know. I, I don't have an excuse other than that my kids have a play date in a couple hours. So I don't want to show up to the play date. Like, oh, you know. <laughs> Although, There's a Bitcoin guy. Look at that. Yeah, Look at he back. <laughs> Although it, it is the, the play date, it, the, the parents, the dads told me some stories where I know he'd be like, okay, it's cool. Yeah, I get it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, um, I, so the one night I finally did Bitcoin and beers on a Twitter spaces. And I started it probably randomly around like quarter to 12. I just figured like, ah, oh, let me see if anybody will join. I was sitting on my back porch, like just drinking a beer, enjoying the summer weather. And, uh, and then Guy Swan joined because I, you know, texted him like a couple of times said, hey, we should do this. You know, I was like, if there's ever a time I can get you and Princey at the same time and we can all drink beer, that'd be great. Um, and uh, then Guy jumps in. And then, I don't know, we probably had like 50, 60 people in there and it went to like 2.30 in the morning and, and I drank way more beer than I expected to because I just thought I was going to be up for like 30, 40 minutes. And, um, and you know how it is with young kids, like no matter when you go to bed, you have to wake up at a, whatever time they wake up. And so I knew I was going to be paying for it, but I knew I was up late whenever I like hopped on Twitter before I fell asleep. And I'm looking at my phone like, ah, 
and uh and i see a new tweet like one minute old from you and i was like oh crap i was like <laughs> i was like if i'm going to bed and princey's up for the next day i was like this is not this is not going to be a fun day tomorrow <laughs> i do the same when i see the aussie tweets i'm like oh, oh yeah shit the aussie guys are tweeting uh, you know i'll see wizard of oz or um or uncle bill or um stefan although like he's not in australia at the moment i don't think but when i see those i'm like shit i gotta go to bed this is uh this is the wrong this is not my time zone i gotta move yeah. on like, i gotta yeah. shut down today has ended i need to start a new tomorrow um yeah that was get that one was getting a little a little crazy and and uh so hopefully we can figure it out at some point and maybe we'll just do it so late that you can you can join in the morning <laughs> yeah exactly uh maybe i can do it uh with coffee or something um or it depends maybe what uh yeah i'm you're east coast right so i think i'm yeah. six hours ahead of you so right now it's probably 3 30 in the afternoon you, you got no excuse at 3 30 in the afternoon it's true i mean that's well, very the, that's very the, european the of you yeah <laughs> yes. that's very european of you uh my joke always every time we're in the at the can film festival and um and we you know see all the shops like literally just closed down like they're done you know they serve lunch and it's over and i always joked i mean it, i really think they have like the right view on life to not work too much but I, my joke was always like oh you wonder why america is so far ahead it's like because they hit lunch and they're just like eh that's a, that's enough you know i'm done for the day and my wife sent me this meme of like it it was like a european out of office and it said like oh i'm going camping uh for the weekend so i should be back sometime in september and the American one says, like, I'm having some kind of surgery. Um, I should be unavailable for a few hours. But if you need to call me, here's my cell. Yeah, it's true. And it's as the totally author true. of Live Life, then what, what do you think of that? The difference between European and American yeah, lifestyles? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, choose Life. Choose Life. Um, yeah, Choose yeah, Life. Sorry. Not, not, to, um, not to laden a point. But, you uh, gotta show your book you don't show you get, it enough so yeah, I, yeah you've, life. you've seen those tweets haven't you um yeah and uh yeah, it was uh who woke me up to that i can't remember i had someone on the show uh and they're like you know you gotta show the book no one's gonna no one else is gonna do it like uh you know if, if you're proud of your work and you, you you've seen the, the feedback and you know the feedback and you know it's changed people's lives then what's what's holding you back and uh yeah kind of yeah hit a nerve uh, so i i have started trying to shill it once per week and um a few people have been have been picking it up and, and sending nice texts so i i do truly hope it it adds some value to people um so the, yeah the difference uh yeah it's it's strange because the uk where i grew up uh, has very much the same kind of ethos as the 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 American, um, you know, work ethic, and that's yeah, just that's like true. much different than France. Oh my God! Like you know, it's it's like let's go. Like uh, we we got a job to do here. We got to deliver. We got to go. You know, there's money to be made. That you know, to, let's grab this thing by the scruff of the neck and add value and and good service and uh, you know, let's do our best. And it's. I then spent 15 years in, in Asia, uh, where like in the service industry in particular, it's incredible. You know, mm -hmm. they're, they're five star, six star all over there. It's, uh, it's, it's brilliant. Um, and then when we came back to Europe, we, we were trying to, uh, 
settle down a little bit and and slow the traveling down and that's why we ended up um house sitting i can answer i can make oh, this answer into question, an answer yeah. yeah there were two questions on on your thread but i will get to them if if the guys uh, tune in and listen we will talk about that and my god we our first weekend here uh we it was a sunday and in the area we were it's like a countryside area like that there's no supermarkets this is five years ago there were no supermarkets open on sunday you had to make it to the local market to buy your fresh fruit and vegetables and, and whatever else so we managed to do that that was all good then the next day we're like right we need to do a bit more of a shop here uh, you know get some actual staples in and uh yeah you know the cupboards were bare right we just yeah. literally arrived we've got a family of six to feed and that ain't restaurants every day um uh, that's yeah. you know it, it's you know shopping uh, and doing all the boring chores and stuff and we got to the local um supermarket and as we walked in we're starting to pick you know we've got our list and we're going around and we're in the freezer cabinet section and we're getting the, the you know the, the cheese or the milk uh, you know whatever else and all of a sudden this screen started coming down and then there's an announcement across the shop in french very quickly and we'd only been here like second day zero french is going in yet and but we suddenly realized oh shit they're closing the shop it was like 10 to 12. And it wasn't going to open again for another two and a half hours after 12 o'clock. There's a supermarket. So we literally, we used to have a a, a TV show in the UK called Supermarket Sweep. My wife and I just took like a a basket each and we're just running around trying to like dip under these, these, um, these screens that were coming down to close off the, uh, the freezers and and the refrigerated sections. It was ridiculous. And it still catches us out sometimes, Uh, you know, and lunch is like between 12 and two, that's it. If you walk into a place at 1.15, 1.30 to try and sit down, forget it. You're not getting served. Yeah. No way. That's far too close to closing time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? You guys are running a restaurant. You, you, like, you, 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 but, and they don't care about turning tables. You could sit there with an espresso and take up a table for three, and they're not going to care. They won't try. It's just weird, mate. It's um, just you know, a different lifestyle. Completely. And there is something to be said for it. But uh, on, you know, the, the, it's good and bad. Um, they complain a lot that they're not paid well and whatever else. It's like, well, you know, whatever happened to like, you reap what you sow. Yeah. yeah. You know, when you get was in that what you, get, what you get out what you put in, you know. Uh, and, and then you go to Spain, you just cross the border to Spain. And it's like three o'clock, everything closes, like everything, like hmm. ghost town. And then it'll open up again around five or six and stay open till nine or 10. And then people go out to dinner at 10 o'clock. You're like, oh, there's like, so there's an imaginary line in the sand and like this country does that and that country does this. And it's completely different. It's, um, it's incredible. I, it's great living in Europe and, and crossing the borders when you're allowed to travel around and, and, and just dip into the different cultures and the different languages. Like, you know, it's so crazy that you can just drive across a border and then bam, it's completely different language, completely yeah. different culture. I learned that my uh, best friend from college is from Switzerland. And whenever I went over there with him in the summer uh, during college, we went, you know, first trip we did to a different country was to Milan. And, you know, it was like a two and a half hour drive or something like that, you know, which, which here, like I live in Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania 
and people always assume that Philadelphia and Pennsylvania are right next to each other, and it takes five hours to drive there. Right. You know, like so, in the time that it took me to like drive to Philadelphia, I could have been to Italy and back, and and that wasn't even just like the border of Italy. That was like you know going to a city that, and uh and yeah, and you just go like you do that quick drive, and it just like completely different world than you were mm-hmm. in and it's it's a you know once borders open back up i recommend that to to everybody if we can ever do that again so one thing i wanted to say so when we this is interesting when we first talked the interview was on february 4th and the reason i wanted to do an interview because i trying to do i'm trying to round out so that i do an average of one a week in the 50 second one will come out like the end of the year um but you were the first one, obviously. You were the one that 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 got me going on this and and pushed me down this this uh, crazy, you know, uh, crazy trail. And uh, and so I thought, okay, let's do a mid year like catch up and see how things are going, you know, see what's happening in the Bitcoin world. So we did that on February fourth, and the price was thirty eight k. And I was surprised. I thought it would be like in the twenties. I was like, oh, it was probably in the twenties whenever we were talking. But yeah, it was 38K. So today it's 32K. Um, yeah, how do you have, how are you feeling? You feeling the same? Where have we been since? We, We've been up see. to 65 and change, right? Yep. We hit 65. And then it was funny, you know, we waffled in like the 50s for what felt like years, but I think it was probably like a month or so. Um, and I was like trying to recap on like, what are the things that have happened since we talked? So, you know, Elon bailed, NFTs became a thing, breed love shit coined. And then you had the conference in El Salvador. So just a couple of things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nothing much has changed other than that. Um, the price is just, you know, around the same. Uh, yeah. What, what are, what's your take on what's been going on these last six months? It's crazy, man. Like uh, up down all around just another week in in bitcoin and um i totally get it now by the way because i was <laughs> on an only i was only on an upride um and i doubled my stack at 57k um and that was after it had gone up to 64 and come down and it's just it's when the cash became available and i went and just doubled it so i think right now i'm like technically if you look at my fiat endpoint i don't even really keep that close a track of it but i'm technically almost even i had quite a meteoric rise getting in march of 2020 um and i've had to buy a lot in order to get back down to even but uh but yeah i want to feel the pain but so you know this is what it's like i guess this is this is when Bitcoin's broken and everything. Everybody's flipping out. Is this normal for you guys? Is this yeah? Is this what this... I should expect the normal to be from now on? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's it's great to feel it, and um, you know I'm glad uh, you're not trying to trade into it because that's when you truly get wrecked. Uh, yep. When uh, and that's when you you will lose your mind, and that's when you'll rage quit. Rage, rage, excuse me, rage quit Bitcoin because you're you're trying to pick highs and you're trying to pick lows and you're trying to be cute and you've got stop losses on and margin calls. Bitcoin doesn't care. It just does not care. It just blows through all of that. And, um, you know, the, the third party um, 
people that you're using to manage those positions, they don't care either. Nope. So the, the only person either way. Exactly. The only person that cares about you is you. And the only way to, you know, just just DCA and just stack. Or if like you, if you've got um a windfall come through for whatever reason and your your level of conviction is high enough just to just put that straight in and, and not even lose one wink of sleep over it, do it. That is the amazing thing. I haven't. And when I've I sleep better, it, have you got to the point where you sleep better because, because the I'm conviction? Yeah, yeah, that's a turning point right there, and that took years for me, years, like probably four or five years. And I have to credit all of you guys. I've, I've say this over and over again, but all of you guys that came before us have made this so much easier for all of us because, like, it. The last episode I did I released was with. Uh, the u.s bobsledder johnny quinn you should uh you should hook uh hook up with him he'd be a good interview for you you'd you'd get some good stuff i by the way me and you end up interviewing a lot of the same people and we totally do that by accident for everybody that like i always notice like i'll interview somebody and then like three weeks later you interview the same person i'm like i swear we're not trying to copy each other but we <laughs> I, but i like it because you you have a different we have different interview styles um you know and and you get different things out of it um, so, you know, I try to, if I, if I'm going to interview somebody that you interviewed, I try to make sure I don't ask any of the same questions, uh, you know, and just so the people that listen to both of us don't go, Oh, here we go again. They don't going to talk about the same thing, but this there's, guy, he, what were you going to say? There's so few of us out there. So crossovers happen all the time. Oh, yeah. it, it, it just shows you how early we are, but so, yeah. yeah so what'd you say? His name was Johnny so, Quinn, Bob, yeah. Johnny Quinn. Yeah. He was right. a U.S. Bob Sledder in 2014 and, um, he started following me. So then uh, after he was following me for a little bit and I saw him, you know, liking tweets and stuff like that, um, I think him and I were in a Twitter space together. I reached out to him and said, hey, you want to come on? You know, you obviously seem you're like you're into Bitcoin if you're following. So I brought him on and the dude is all the way to the point where him and his wife are hammering seed phrases into steel, you know, like Bitcoin maximalist, you know, and he gets it. And he also understands how early he is in his learning process. And I'm thinking to himself, okay, he's got to be like me. His first buy was in 2020. His first buy was 2021. Wow. And he's already stamping in the steel. I was like, whoa, like, dude, you have. So, yeah. So to get back to the point was like all of you guys before us have just helped us leapfrog into where you guys. It took maybe years. Now it takes months. Um, you know, there's still, it's not like we're on the same level, you know, you still have a lot of learning to do and, and everything, but as far as, yeah, that's the turning point. Like you said, whenever you're no longer worried about the price, like when you can go to bed, I used to early on, I put stop losses on, I was like, oh, shit. like if it, you know, I'm all in for Bitcoin, but if it drops like 20%, like I want to, while I'm sleeping, I want it to kick off and, and sell, you know? And, uh, and then when I stopped and I just was like, like I got my parents to invest at 48, of course, you know, it took me a year and then I finally got them in at 48. Um, and to their credit, they're very proud. And I know my dad, will, uh, I'm very proud of them. I know my dad's probably going to listen to this at some point, but, um, the, you know, they've not flinched either. You know, they, they've, they've looked at me like, eh, like what, what's going on, you know? Um, but, uh, 
you know, I said this in a Twitter space. I said, that's probably going to end up being something that'll, as time goes on, just be something they end up handing down to their grandkids, you know, something like that. Like where they, once it goes parabolic, um, you know, it'll be such a game changer and everything. So anyways, um, yeah, I, I, I got to that point. Like you said, you, that switch where you're no longer worried about the price. It doesn't matter. And people probably think it's like pandering, but I tweeted and said, oh, price crashed and my Satoshi stayed the same. Like I have the same exact amount of Bitcoin as I did before. So what's the problem? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, if you're doing the DCA, a, a daily DCA, um, you, your stack just got higher. Yeah. And that's, that's all that that's counts. That's the beautiful thing. That's when you see that the same amount of money, I always say I violent, I'm like a violent DCAer. Because I like I, I violently dollar cost average um, because, you know, because I run my own businesses and everything, not like everyone, like most people where you work a salary and like, you know, X number of dollars you're going to have left over. So what I do is basically my salary just covers like our expenses so I can live free, like not worrying about that stuff. And then um, when certain windfalls come in and the expenses line up right then i can take stuff out and it'll come in like i'm not like you know bragging i'm really not i'm not trying to say i'm just saying it comes in large chunks and if you're a salesperson too you totally get that because people's sales commissions come in large chunks and so i always say it's like it's a violent dollar cost averaging because all of a sudden it's like and then you just push it all right into bitcoin and um and i'm like man i wish i could have spread that out over five weeks but uh you know Instead, I just did it all at once. Like whenever I doubled my stack at 58K, whatever. I mean, it's fine. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it, it's going to be a rounding error in what is that? Like, you know, like in two halvings time, where are we going to be? It's, it's going to be, you know, you, you <laughs> imagine, right? It's 2028 and you're talking to a pre coiner and the guy says to you, so, you know, w when did you like, uh, you know, get it? And you're like, oh man, I remember that time I got some at 57K and I was so angry with myself because then it went down to 35. The guy's gonna be looking at you like, shut the fuck up. Like, what are you moaning about? It's one and a half million. And like, you're worried about like buying at 37 instead of 48 and like at 48 instead of 37, like, no one, no one wants to hear your freaking boohoo story. Like, yeah, move that's on. like when like, Guy Swan told me that he, you know, I mean, he wasn't complaining, but him and his brother bought at thirty, right. thirty dollars. They were looking at it when it was ten cents, and it went up to thirty dollars when he finally bought, and then it just absolutely crashed down to a dollar or something like that, you know. And it's like, at the time, it had to have been terrible feeling, but now it's like, oof, man, that that would be great. I'd, I'd, I'd give anything to have that crash, you know? Yeah. That, that's the thing, right? How, how low do you want this to go? If, um, if, if people are out there thinking, oh, I wish I had more Bitcoin, wish I had more stack, you know, whatever, then you should be praying for the price to go down. Mm -hmm. And if it goes down, then you load up, you back up the truck, just keep stacking, keep your head down, keep the weekly dollar cost average going daily, whatever it is you can do, use those apps that are out there. Use those mm -hmm. companies that, uh, you know, the Bitcoin only ones don't, don't flirt with any of the shit corny ones. And, um, as you know, as my bank lets itself. me, I'm going to start using the strike, but my bank won't connect the strike. Damn. 
And so, it won't connect uh, the it won't connect the fold either. I got a fold card and my bank won't do either. And I just bought some today, some Bitcoin from my bank, and it didn't show up on my bank statement right away. So I'm really curious. Just like, am I gonna get shut down? What's gonna happen here? Mm, you could be in uh you could be in line for a, a new bank, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, um, but uh, so yeah, what yeah, what are the you go ahead and show your guys you have for the dollar cost averaging and everything like that yeah absolutely i mean the the guys that that picked up on on my show early and and were kind enough to show interest in it and back the show um in the u.s it's swan swanbitcoin.com mm-hmm. i think everybody is uh is aware of of that service right now i'm not so sure many people are aware of their private service that's definitely worth looking into for larger buys you know, it doesn't have to be the $10 a day. If you can go to swanbitcoin.com uh, forward slash bitten and then just hit their private tab, uh, you know, they will deal with one-time purchase large amounts and they will help you. It's like a white glove service of theirs. And you can do that from outside of the US as well. Oh, okay. So if you're, you, you know, say you're looking, maybe you've had a chunk of money land in your lap for whatever What's reason. What's minimum? I don't know um, off the top of my head, but I think in the tens of thousands, you're looking at like, um, mm-hmm. you know, a good chunk. So maybe someone sold a house or a property or inheritance or um, uh, whatever. There's a millionaire. You know? <clears throat> someone is a high net worth individual. Yeah. Who yep. knows? They have a private service, which is a concierge type thing. And um, they're Bitcoin only guys. Uh, everybody listening probably knows Corey and Jan, who uh, who are the founders. Uh, Jan is the author of um, Inventing Bitcoin, which is a brilliant book for beginners to pick up. Really excellent book, very underrated. And uh, you know they're doing a great job. They've got a great team around them as well. And um, then across Europe, you can use Relay. It's R E L A I dot C H, uh, and that's forward slash Bitten as well. And you can dollar cost average. No, euro cost average or Swiss yeah. cost average oh. uh, out of fiat and into Satoshis. With, and they are really low KYC. It's really cool because they're not, they're a broker. They're not a, um, a provider. So okay. they, have, um, they have an affiliation with, with Bitty, the oldest uh, Bitcoin exchange in, in Switzerland. And um, they, they've just got, got a great service and a great app. It's really cool. Uh, they're, they're, they're hoping to get lightning up and running soon so you can withdraw and uh, start shooting payments um, a lot cheaper than mm-hmm. uh, is currently set up. But, uh, you know, these, what I love about shilling these companies is yeah, they throw me a little bit to, to, to say their name on the, uh, on the mm-hmm. podcast. It, it, you know, I'm not making a living out of this, but at the same time, I'm I'm helping companies that I'm truly aligned with their ethos that you know they're Bitcoin only and if we can't help the companies that are building in the space gain some kind of traction then you know what are we here to do if we've yeah. got to try and you know this at this point we're still all arms linked in the center of the field you know like at that point yeah. in the game like you know let's fucking do this like you know let's help each other out and uh in the UK, it's coinfloor.co.uk, and uh, Obi's been on the show. We're due to do another catch-up call soon and talk about their app they're going to be dropping uh, because they've just been purely Bitcoin 
exchange for just over a year and you can auto buy with them as well so you can set it up weekly linked to your bank account in the uk so they're doing all the right things and um then the hardware wallet is um is the bitbox wallet the bitbox o2 by shift yeah. crypto swiss company i love the fact a swiss company making hardware wallets i don't know so that, that just feels oh, good it feels right right <laughs> I just, if they weren't a landlocked country i would move there yeah like because even like my you know my friend lives there so it's like oh, i already have friend like i have people there I, I know where i go but it's landlocked so i'm like yeah like you know if you build up a wall around it you can't go to the beach you know they they, they have amazing lakes they do have uh, amazing lakes so you can get your fix of well they don't call them beaches they call them lidos and uh they, you know it's generally grassy but you can go and relax by the lake and uh and jump in it and go sailing and stand up paddle boarding and, and do all the cool what's stuff the name of it what's the name of the lake my friend's mom lives right by a lake and i mean it's just like unbelievably gorgeous because, which city are they close to do you, do you remember uh so they like a 45 minute drive to zurich 30 minute drive to zurich on the autobahn um i think it's richtersville richtersville uh near richtersville um and uh yeah it's just like this lake that you know stretches as far as you can see and they were like oh it, it, they were trying to tell me early on it's not a big lake and they were thinking that i'm thinking of the great lakes and so i'm waiting for this pond right and then when we get there and i'm like dude this is a real lake and they're like yeah but not like you know the great lakes i'm like well no those we don't even consider those lakes like that's not really a lake that's you know a huge body of water i was like but these are great and then like you could see this the alps like around it and it was just like that and the beautiful awesome. old steamers right are just slipping along with a great big swiss flag at the back that did they yep. have those going yeah yep it's, and it's, uh, you, you get in those things and you can see the engine at work. It's just a thing of engineering beauty. It's yeah. unbelievable. We love taking those boats when we're in Switzerland and, uh, you know, checking them out and, and just sitting on the lake. And uh, it, it's such a cool place. It really is. I, I do love that country. Uh, yeah. We were there in August, actually, staying on Lac Le Mans, um, just uh, right in the middle between um, Geneva and Montreux. And uh, it was um, a little town called Lutri on a home swap. And uh, we, we nice. went and spent uh, a week there. And uh, my wife has some family in there. So we went and stayed in the north. Uh, big, big fan of Switzerland. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful country. And their chocolate and cheese is amazing. Um, you know, but all of your, in Europe, all of your chocolate and cheese is better than ours because it doesn't have all the preservatives and, you know, plastic and other stuff in it that we like to add to our stuff. I, I got to <laughs> ask you, so the, you brought up Swan Bitcoin and I have no idea so, since you know, those guys, I don't know them and I don't know plan B, but I know that Corey from Swan does not like plan B or something. What is, I don't, I don't keep up the tabs on Twitter beef. So like, <laughs> is that like, I, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but um, I definitely, that, I definitely steer away from Twitter beef as well. It's yeah. uh, it's not is it something just all I, over. The, it's all over the, the model right like i, I yeah. saw somebody which yeah i i can't the, the, uh... the model the model is is mum right you either hate it or you love it um yep. again i just sit it maybe it's a bit gay of me i just sit on the fence it's like well let's just see in 10 years 
Like, you yeah. know, if, if it holds, that's going to be pretty amazing. I bet we're still arguing about it, but like, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if, one thing I've learned is that Bitcoin Twitter has to argue. Like, uh, there's just nothing but arguments. So that's why I'm just like, I do like the, the Homer swim, uh, Simpson just, you know, like just yeah. drift into the bushes. and Absolutely. And, and, and the fights are, are most intense. You can tell the price of Bitcoin without looking at the price of Bitcoin by just seeing what's going on on Bitcoin Twitter. If everyone's fucking fighting with each other and going crazy over like just random shit, it's like, all right, we must be sideways. How long we've we been sideways? Because this is this is like it's almost you know, like you know people on a boat, you know pirates on a on a boat without wind for you know a month, yes. where they're just sitting there like you know getting cabin fever. It's like ah. Uh, you know, like, because at that point, they're like, I take a hurricane, you know, like, <laughs> yep. whatever, like anything other than flat water. You know, my father-in-law was in the Navy. You know, he said, so like, you don't see white caps for a while. It gets a little boring out there. You know, you're just like, just sitting there like, okay, well, another day of nothing but water all around me doing nothing. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that, uh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. If we're going sideways, then everybody starts to get a little crotchety. Yeah. Uh, and in the bear market, you'll find that's where um, so much great stuff happens. When when everything like, uh, you know, when all the fiat economists start, you know, their circle jerking over Bitcoin's going to die and whatever else, that really gives people, I don't know, everyone just goes almost into themselves and they just start building shit. They mm -hmm. start writing shit. I start making shit, creating like, um, and then all of a sudden, as soon as this new wave starts coming back and all the new guys that are coming in saying, what's this Bitcoin thing? And um, so, well, I just built an app for you because I knew you were coming. Yeah. And whilst, whilst we were in this bear market, you can now dollar cost average. You're like, we didn't have these apps like two years ago. We're nothing. Like it was these just, things didn't we, exist in 2019. No. No, <laughs> like nothing like, uh, you know, th these these amazing services you can have now and all these new wallets with all these new cool things you can do. And all of the these only thing new, I was um, told about before was Coinbase. That was it. Right. Like in 2018 was, or something. That's what everybody was just forced to use. Basically, now you have God knows how many different options. Uh, all, all of these so cool glad different it's not Coinbase because they are the enemy yep. to they are the enemy of Bitcoin. Brian Baldhead. What's his name? big bulbous head and i have a huge head that dude's head like i think <laughs> gets like bigger every time and it's like going this way if you're listening and not watching you can't really tell but i'm not making fun of the guy because i got a big head but like when you have a big head like me and like he does uh you don't shave it and if you're bald you figure out some hair hair plugs or something <laughs> you just you don't when you have a big head, you don't want to ever shave it. I had a teammate. I don't know if you remember the baseball player, um, but my, my one teammate called him called. Uh, he said, if you ever shave your head, you're going to look like Barry Bonds. Do you remember Barry, the no, Barry Bonds? Uh, he was the home run hitter player. for baseball and he jacked up on all steroids and his head got massive all of a sudden. So, yeah. So they always said they're like, don't shave your head because you'll be like Barry Bonds, you know. <laughs> Um, but anyways, outside of Coinbase, uh, what do you think is going to happen here? I mean, everybody's you know throwing around their predictions. I think we're coiling right now, and um, 
the question is, are we coiling up in the spring in the mattress is going to shoot through the bottom of the mattress or is it going to shoot upwards? Oh, man. I mean, this is the, this is the beauty of Bitcoin. Bitcoin's going to do what Bitcoin's going to do. And I think we saw the, the beauty of the, the difficulty adjustment, which, uh, you know, just adjusted down, what, like 27, 28% uh, mm-hmm. last week. And that that just goes to show like um has the best way to to explain it like we, it, it doesn't matter what any of us think the the software protocol it has just keeps going it has it has one input hash rate and it reacts to it every epoch yeah and that's it and, so and that's simple. all it does and it's so know, simple it's beautiful all, all the shouting and gerrymandering and whatever else uh, and all the predictions and um they all just go to the wall as soon as that happens it's like well there's the truth yeah let's go but uh, you know fundamentally so if you, like what 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 analysts like to look at is you know oh what are the fundamentals so if we said well that's bitcoin's fundamental right there that's the one fundamental that matters the difficulty adjustment it works and it's truth and it's just taking that one input and then you know you you look at you know what's the next level well where's the demand coming from we know the supply is there we know the supply schedule it's there it's written in stone Mm -hmm. we know what's happening so where's the demand and uh the demand is just bubbling there's this pool of lava ready to explode because look at what companies like uh ny dig or nydig however you want to pronounce that that company's Mm -hmm. name that they have got a huge announcement almost bi-weekly at the moment where they're bringing on different um firms uh financial advisory firms or uh, investment funds hedge funds or payment providers and they are just chipping away chipping away, chipping away to make this a simple way for huge um, conglomerates or sovereign wealth funds or pension funds, insurance firms to come in and say, mine Bitcoin. And they're just going to stick it straight to cold storage for them. And it will be off the market because that's Forever. where it's, yeah. And, and that's well, going to underpin. What exactly are they doing there? So they're, they're doing it because these funds can't, buy bitcoin right because it's very very difficult for um for them to to get over the um to get over the line for for purchasing bitcoin for for someone like uh michael saylor is a lot easier because he owned like 70 percent of microstrategy so you know he's he he, he had tells to them what he's going to do and they they go okay he, right but he did do the right thing you know he did the deep dive and uh, he got the board on uh, on side and everybody understood it and uh, then microstrategy through their um their business day and basically showed the whole playbook of how it was done and i don't know whether you did you ever catch the opening interview with ross stevens from nydig uh which michael saylor hosted Mm -mm. that that one you got to catch if you just go to youtube microstrategy.com hope if you go to hope.com and watch the michael saylor ross stevens interview ross is the um the ceo and, and founder of nydig and you can see in the first 20 to 25 minutes, 
sailor getting more bullish mm-hmm. by what Ross is explaining what's going on 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 his side of the business on his side mm-hmm. of the fence and it was literally about a week to a week and a half after that interview that sailor did the first convertible note um kind of a huge 500 million dollar mm-hmm. purchase uh which got oversubscribed and how many has he done since i think like three yeah uh, so it's you know it's crazy that kind of money is coming in that's where the demand is and it's not stopping el salvador like you know it, it, it's crazy and I, mean, I, I wonder how many like small to like m- you know like medium-sized companies and stuff like that because my one company um we basically did the same thing um not a convertible note or anything like that but the the interest payments are so low and it's like you know could we afford to pay x number of dollars in interest for the next five to ten years and what's what will this bitcoin look like and like i was just like all right let's do it (laughs) i just so it's like i wonder how many companies like me have done something like that more than you more than you give credit to there's there's more out there than anybody we're not buying 500 million but you know if you you own an insurance agency you should be doing Mm -hmm. if you if you own a gas station you should be doing you know a restaurant you know you should be hedging somehow because otherwise you won't be able to afford the future yeah absolutely you're going to get wiped out the fiat will wipe you out that there's there's no doubt um well the so the the work-life balance is something that i want to go over with you because i feel like it's something that in bitcoin gets like once you get into it you start to understand there's more to life um and another guy that we both tandem interviewed was not tandem interviewed but um but aaron uh ingles the golfer Mm-hmm. Um, I saw him, I don't know if you saw his tweet earlier today and he said, you know, he said the fiat layer, 40 hour work week is so fiat life, you know, and it's it like, is. man, it really is. Cause, uh, you know, I don't understand. I don't want to work more than I have to. Um, I'm in the weird position that I like what I do. Um, so like, you know, for me to sit there on a five hour, uh, call talking about like writing a comedy script and like laughing at ideas it's like no that's not work you know what i mean like that's that is which makes it really hard i know my wife doesn't listen to the podcast but if she did she'd be sitting here shaking her head because like you know she full-time takes care of the kids and it's a really hard job and then i'm sitting there like i'm like well i got i wish i could help you but i gotta go work you know and it's like i try not to show her how much i enjoy work you know it's like "Ah, i gotta go back to the salt mine you know and uh, <laughs> there with my my pick and go to town on the wall here but uh but it's not like that you know but yeah so if it, if i was in some kind of job where i was just working oh my god i'd be escaping that i'd be getting out of that i don't understand how people aren't yeah it's it's a killer and um 40 hours is that's generous most people are doing way more than that when you when you it's include billable hours you know they you add lunch yeah. in in america do they do this in the uk in america they'll be like oh yeah it's a nine to five but you you have to get here at 8 30 and leave at 5 30 because you get an hour they're like you get an hour for lunch we let yeah. you take an hour yeah like it's crazy 
Why? And then, you know, like um, people don't uh, take into consideration the amount of time that they were commuting, perhaps not anymore. That's, you know, one silver lining of this whole COVID nonsense is that people have found remote work and they found it works. Mm-hmm. And maybe they can even move professional, move job and, and, and find something different that is, uh, you know, more aligned with them getting more family time or more free time because god damn there's some people doing three hours a day on a train or a bus or mm-hmm. you know a mix of both and you know, this is not life no I did that i did that for far too many years i was lucky yes yeah, so you did that you you were yeah. a trader you were the you were the wolf of wall street not not the wolf of wall street <laughs> you were like uh the well, Bud, uh, Bud, what's his name from Wall Street? Uh, I, I was Bud a, Fox. I was a, I was a broker. I was a broker, not okay. not a trader. So uh, in foreign exchange, in the world of fiat, uh, didn't even know, didn't even know the word of fiat even existed. Didn't know the history of money. Didn't care. It was, uh, you know, you turn up on your first day of work. It's like sit down, do this, get that, and this is how this works, and that's how this works, and you just learn, and and off you go. And um, before you know it. 18 years has passed you by and you're like bam like is this this what i want another 18 years of this another what 30 years of this like can i like no i can't handle that yeah you know and uh, and having young kids around and, and not seeing them um no it came to a, and it was the four-hour work week that i read that you know really kind of challenged every belief that I had. And um, yeah, that really, that really made me take a very, very close look at what I was doing, why I was doing it. What, what did I want? And uh, how could I change it? What were the risks? What were the fears? What were my fears? And if they came true, what would, what would I have to do to, what would I have to put in place to get a job again? What would I have to put in place to you know, um, you know, rectify a situation if one of those fears came true. And then you, you suddenly realize by reverse engineering all the fears, there's, there's nothing really there to be afraid of. And, uh, it's just you stopping you, you, you are the person that is your own barrier. And it's very easy to blame the societal construct around you and, uh, and point fingers at, uh, you know, well, if I left my job, then, I'd never be able to put my kids through the right school. And, you know, you, 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 there's a, a list of excuses you can pull out your ass. It really is. And uh, that's the little voice in your head that uh, is stopping you from, from being you and, um, and, and living the life that, that you want to live. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, when we leave school or college or university, whatever you want to call it, you you take that first job that comes along just to get a wage. 15 years later, you've painted yourself into a career you have no love for. Yep. You have no care for the people you work for. And you are just locked into a lifestyle that you are running on a hamster wheel to keep up with the Joneses. And you've, it's, it, you know, I look back on some of the decisions that I made. Um, you made decisions on the duress and, um, they're, they're never ever the right decisions. You, you don't think things through. Mm-hmm. The knee-jerk reactions. You throw money at problems instead of actually trying to get to the root of them. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it's it's a big trap it, it really is so listening to you like uh, explain like you know your job you're on a five-hour call and it doesn't feel like work that that resonates with that um that steve jobs quote you know if, if you find something that you you can do and you can love and you can make money from you'll never work an hour in your life mm-hmm. and that's how he felt about apple and I, I don't really think i understood that i thought it was a very kind of glib quote that he was just throwing out there but um now i see it now i understand it mm-hmm. you know that, that wasn't work for him building that company god damn he loved it he loved it oh yeah yeah and, and that's uh, you know it life's too short you know to to be spending your life doing something that you don't love uh-huh. and um I, I can't remember did whenever i was on your podcast did i get into why i quit working on the production end like i think i explained did i explain how i like saw the producer working on a movie and i was like i want to do what you do and like that was you know that was my way out but but yeah I, it was a very similar thing i mean it's a different industry you know but when you work in the movie industry, if you get in and you start working on the crew and you start off making crap money and then eventually there's this like carrot that like in three to four years, you'll start making mm-hmm. like pretty OK money, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and you're working like it's pretty it's it's decent money if you're working a regular nine to five job. But on the movie sets you're working like 12 to 18 hours a day, six days a week. Usually, um, you know, you, you have no life when you're working on a movie. Oftentimes you're out of town. Um, you know, your family's not with you. Your friends aren't with you. Um, and you know, so I, I mean, you have to travel for movies, but like, I like to do it on my terms. Like I do now. Um, but I'll never forget, uh, I was working on this movie, this uh, Catherine Heigl movie that ironically my company now distributes. That's the most ironic part about it is that I make royalties off of this movie that I was like a shit level employee on. Um, and, uh, and what was the movie? Uh, it was called one for the money. It was based on a ironic book. as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, and uh, so I hope the the boss. Well, I mean, this was like twelve years ago, so I'm sure he's over it by now. But um, but I was working. We were doing the tech scout where you like go to all the sets, like where every location is going to be, and, and you know working and all that kind of stuff. And, and I was talking to the guy that was like in my direct superior, and you know he was like close to getting to that carrot of money, you know, and. And so I was like asking him questions. We're sitting there at lunch and, and he was talking about how, you know, he was dating this girl and, you know, but he really wanted to work in the movie business and she just wanted him to be at home and like start a family, you know? And he was like, and you know, I mean, I just, I wanted this and I'm sitting there like literally at lunch looking and I was like, you, you wanted to be standing on your feet for 15 hours and getting shit on by people just so that your name can show up at the very tail end of the credits. And you chose that over like love and a family, like what? And so that literally was like eating away at me the rest of the day. And I go home at this point, I was still living at my parents' house. Cause you know, if 
it was we were shooting in Pittsburgh, so it was I was at home. But if I was on the road, then I was just in a hotel. So I never for a while didn't get an apartment or anything. Um, and uh, I went home, and it was just bothering me, bothering me, bothering me. I couldn't sleep, and it was like three o'clock in the morning or something like that. And uh, and I heard my dad get up for some reason. I just went upstairs, and I was like, Dad, I'm miserable. And he was like, what? You know, like, I thought this is what you wanted, you know? And I explained to him, I was like, you know, the whole kind of thing I just said. And I was like, that's not what I want in life. I was like, I mean, I want to make movies. I want to be in this business, but I want to do the stuff I like. I was like, I don't like getting coffee for people or stopping traffic, you know? And I was like, and just because people tell me that that's what you have to do to get ahead. I was like, that's bullshit. Like, I don't have to sit there and just be a low man on the totem pole. Like I, I'm not waiting till I'm 30 to get ahead. Like screw that. And I was just going on and on. And he was like, what are you going to do? And I was like, honestly, dad, I was like the thought of going to work tomorrow is like, it's paralyzing. I can't do it. I was like, I, li- I, I can't even bring myself to do it. And he said, email and quit. He was like, do it right now. Just email them. Say you can't come in. And I was supposed to be there in like three hours. And so I did. I was just like, I can't come in. I had a reason. Um, I mean, it wasn't totally a, a bullshit reason. My my dad was going down to his sister who was um, like six months away from going to hospice care, needed to move back home. And, um, and he was like, just come with me. Like, let's go. Let's move Aunt Kristen back. You know, let's take care of her and all that kind of stuff. And just clear your head, you know. And um, and that worked. That was like, okay, now I have a vision. I had to go, unfortunately, go back and work on movie sets as a as a crap person just to earn some money while I was figuring out my next steps. But um, but yeah, that that it was it was a kind of that realization that probably you had where you're just like, mm-hmm. this is miserable. Mm-hmm. I can't like, I can't even imagine what it was like sitting at a desk with a a Bloomberg terminal in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you were doing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh you you end up working um in in that industry, I'm sure it's the same in any industry. Um mm-hmm. you know uh the 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 office psychopath rises to the top of that totem pole. Um he who shouts the loudest and stamps his feet the hardest ends up being your boss somehow because uh you know for yeah. whatever reason, management think he's a guy that can lead a team is the total opposite. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, um, and you end up working for um, grumpy customers that are just down. Like everybody in that business was just, uh, you know, fully charged trying to prove something to themselves. And um, yeah, it's uh, it was a very, very stressful environment. Great fun when you're a young man, but not when you've got uh, wife and kids. Um, how many hours would you have to put in a day? You'd be at a desk at 6.30 in the morning and uh, generally leave around between 5, 5 p.m. It depended what was going on because, it would be, you know, the, the bulk of my career was in Asia. So uh, if Lon- London would come in in our afternoon between like 2 or 3 o'clock, depending on winter or summer times, and uh, if if the market really started getting crazy, after five o'clock, then you might be in your seat till seven, and uh, you you don't take lunch breaks like they're not a thing. No, um, you um, the only time you leave your desk is to go to the toilet. 
you you have runners to get your your coffees and your teas and your breakfast and your lunch and your afternoon snack, whatever it is. Um, and you're just sitting so, still. Yeah, the whole time. And you're surrounded by screens. You've got like three or four monitors and yeah, Bloomberg terminals. And you've got you know, like 16 speakers in front of you. And each one is assigned to a different bank. And um, you, that's who your customer base is. And each one of those has a different chat. So you've got a different chat going on. And you've got to quote everything that is happening in the market by voice down the microphone. And at the same time, you've got two handset phones on the go in case somebody wants to talk to you privately. And you've got to update every single chat with all of the market. Everything you quote, you've got to type. And then you've got to hear everything that's being said by your peers and colleagues and everything that's being said down the speaker from the Tokyo office or the London office when they're in. And everything's Mm. being said by your your peers customers that you can hear over the live um uh, open boxes open speakers so you it, it's exhausting come the end of the day like you know if you're like it's you're just spent plugged into the matrix all day long you're spent yeah you're absolutely spent and then the first thing you want to do is go and blow off some steam and um you know take a couple of drinks in the, the local bar and uh, meet with some of your clients or you know just uh, go and vent with some of your colleagues and then you get home and uh you know th- th- this is where it all started unraveling when you go home to a family and that's bedtime and everyone's going fucking bananas oh and, yeah. Uh, yeah you know you walk into that shit show and uh it's uh then you just fall into your dip in the sofa and you, you eat dinner on your lap you watch some mindless bullshit on television and you wake up and you rinse and repeat and you do all that shit again and then you get to the weekend and you, you know, you go and blow off on a Friday night and then you do something family driven on a Saturday. And then Sunday around two or three o'clock, that dread just starts oh. rising. And you, it's, uh, yeah, it wasn't great. So I remember going back in uh, 2012, just after the Christmas break, Jan 2nd, 3rd, whatever it was, and uh, just switching on my computer. And I was underneath my desk turning it on and I just thought to myself, another 10 to 20 of this? No fucking way. No way. No way. I'm done. And uh, I escaped that business in 2012. And uh, How long I after did it. that moment was it that you actually quit? That took me until I walked out of the office on the last day of September. So, yeah. It was a nine-month process. That's that's honestly about how long it took me to to actually, like I was like, I quit that one job, but I still was taking other ones for about nine months just because you can't just walk out, you know, like in the movies. Like you have to to plan your exit strategy. Absolutely. And at this point, I'd been working for that particular firm for just over four years, and um, they had forced... RSUs on us. So we had, um, you know, you're basically buying back your own company stock for them to try and pump. It was just a despicable scheme. Um, so you, you, you're long all of this company stock. And the first thing they they think when you resign, I remember I've still got the recording somewhere. Um, the, the first thing they think is you're going to a competitor. <laughs> and uh, so I had to resign to... Um, I chose the worst week. Well, I didn't choose that, you know, life chose. Uh, we had our New York guys in and they're just like a couple of mafioso New Yorkers. And uh, I was resigning to my boss 
uh, who was the global head at the time of of our um, of our product. And uh, in walk these two guys at this time. I'm like, oh, shit. All right, we're going to do this now, are we? Like, we, we right, okay, this yeah. is what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And one guy turned around and he's like, um, where the fuck you going? <laughs> I'm like, I looked at him. I'm like, uh, excuse me? He's like, where the fuck you going? I want to know right now where the fuck you going. I'm like, uh, oh, no, I think you shit. misunderstand. I'm just leaving the biz. I'm done. I'm at this point, I'm. 17 years into this i've you know i i can't quote i can't quote another number it's it's i think it's probably good for for you guys and and good for me that we just part ways what are you gonna do Uh, okay all right so i gave him the answer it's like you know i've got this other job lined up there's a friend of mine he's uh opening a branch of his recruitment business in in um in singapore that was based in Amsterdam and Manchester at the time. I'm going to go hang with him for six months and I'm going to see if I can set up a banking and finance sector for him and his new business. Uh, so that's that's the plan. You turn up at another shop, your stock will turn to dust. You fucking understand me? Your stock <laughs> will turn to dust. I'm like, did you, like, is this a film? Have yeah. you watched too many films? Like this is yeah. someone's life you're fucking with. Like you know, this is just retarded. Um, yeah. But this is what it's like, mate. And um, yeah, there you go. So I, I did, uh, I did the right thing by the company, did the right thing by myself. And um, nine months later, I, you know, I, I walked out of that business. And uh, it took me another year and a half to to figure out. Um, I just didn't want to work in in any kind of markets anymore. Because I did that six month thing, and then I, I ended up in yeah. the commodity markets, and uh, you know, then, then I was I was just done and out, and uh, haven't looked back. And this is all pre Bitcoin as well. I hadn't found Bitcoin. I'd heard about it, but I hadn't I hadn't taken and, the pill and jumped in. So mm-hmm. yeah, so that, that for anyone that's listening that is stuck in their fiat job, you know, listen to that story, listen to my story. But like that's. I don't know if this is the case for you, Daniel, but it's, it was for me is that, I mean, there is no better feeling than whenever you finally get to leave. Uh But once you make that decision, the, the weight, there is a weight lifted off your shoulders. So, you know, if you're sitting there stuck at a fiat job right now and you hate it and every day is miserable, but you decide today that you're done. It might take nine months to get out and you have to, you know, you have to get your affairs in order. You have to figure things out. You know, how am I going to provide? How am I going to, you know, let things settle? But, but man, making that decision, the weight that comes off your shoulders, you're just, you're doing the same thing every day, but that last nine months, I bet was a lot easier for you than the previous nine months. Oh man. And, um, so uh, yeah, I'll tell you a story. Uh, Making that decision, and the, the the biggest time I ever felt that that weight lift is when we made the decision um, to quit and to leave Singapore and uh, to take the kids traveling. And um, we were we were on holiday for the new year in Bali with another family uh, friends of ours, and. Um, you know, <laughs> I was on my fourth read of the four-hour work week, and uh, I'd taken it along to the uh, to the holiday, and we were by the pool. Our kids were all running around and uh, splashing mm-hmm. in um, 
in the pool and whatever else. And, uh, you know, I'd be bugging the shit out of my mate. I'm like, listen to this bit. Listen to this bit. I've been doing the same to my wife for months. And I'm like, listen to this bit. He's like, Jesus Christ, mate, you're like a broken record. I'm like, I'm going to fucking do it, you know. I'm going to do it. We're going to be gone. We're going to be gone. And he's like, I thought you were good because you'd already quit the last job and whatever else. I'm like, yeah. So they stayed on a couple of days later than we did. And um, a week later, we're all back in Singapore and they came over to our place to, to have dinner and catch up. And they walked through the door and he stopped. They both stopped and they looked at us and like, What's going on? What do you mean? What have you done? Like, there's something really weird. What you like? They could sense like something the, was different. Something's different about you guys. And I'm like, uh, what? What? We lose our town? What? You know? You fucking with us? And he's like, no. What is it? I'm like, yeah, we're leaving. He's like, this is like this whole house feels different. It's it's strange, mate. And the energy shift. The anxiety that just lifts from you and you can start being you. You can start making much more informed decisions. Uh, it's because you, you don't have to wear this mask anymore and you don't have to, um, you know, you, you're not bound by these chains. And you, you feel as though you're taking self-control, you know, the self-sovereignty. Yeah. I just made a huge decision in my life. Bam. Done. That feels fucking great. What's next? And it's very, very, it's so empowering that more and more people just have to, they've really got to trust themselves and do it. Uh, because if, if you don't, then what? That's the risk. It's riskier to hang around for the next 10 years than it, it really is, is just to, than it is just to say, nah, I got Bitcoin. Most people who are listening to this are going to have Bitcoin, right? I've got Bitcoin. Doesn't matter whether you've got a half a Satoshi or a 6.15 coins, whatever it is, you know, whatever the means What is are. this? Yeah, I'll have to ask. What yeah. <laughs> but anyways, keep going. And, um, you know, it, it's, it, it really doesn't matter. You, you, you're stacking. You're, you, you, you've already changed your mindset. It's just taking that one extra step. And when you hold your your feet to the fire, like you said, getting your affairs in order, all of a sudden that becomes so damn easy. It's yeah. like, because uh, the, the amount of shit we had to, like we, we almost didn't do it because of the amount of admin we were facing and the yeah. amount of, um, you know, like- uh, Canceling- Throwing the keys and... back. Like uh, to yeah. the apartment, canceling, yeah, exactly. Um, Rejigging all change of these. I got bill and yeah, all of that, all of that bullshit. Selling the furniture, selling the car, selling all of that crap. You know, it's like listing on Craigslist and Facebook and eBay and whatever else and Gumtree. Finding all of these different avenues, you can just push the shit out the door. But as soon as that stuff started leaving, you get more space in your house. You get more space in your mind. And you're, you know, money's coming in and you're keeping a spreadsheet of all the stuff that you're selling and, uh, and how much money's coming in. Again, this was pre-Bitcoin. Um, I could have been stacking. I could have been selling chairs and stacking. <laughs> I know you could have done the meme. You could have done the meme. Yeah. Uh, so you guys, so you literally sold everything. Yeah. We, we kept, um, 
a handful of like beautiful uh, wooden Asian teak furniture. I'm sitting at a desk right now um, that, that we knew is going to be unique uh, mm-hmm. to 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 us and um, artwork that we'd bought on our travels um, and uh, things that had value to us. But otherwise, like you know, yeah, like like tables and chairs and sofas and all that shit. Yeah, see ya. Televisions, hi-fi, stereos, golf clubs, whatever. Oh. Buy it, buy it in a different location when I need it, or rent it, or you know, borrow it, and uh, yeah, off we go. So we sold the car on the day we left. <laughs> that was stressful <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> oh, I'm sure because you're just like, you don't want that guy to know yeah. how desperate you are to get rid of the car. No, because he could cut his price in half and be like, hey, yeah, <laughs> I'll give but you half what I said. All of this, uh, all of this stuff. Um, it comes to it comes together, but do, do you do you want to address some of the questions that were that were thrown? Oh, under yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The tweet. Um, yeah, I guess we should. Because holy shit, wow, we've been going a while. Yeah. Otherwise, I know we'll just keep banging on. Yeah. Let's see. So, do, 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 do. um, uh, I gotta find. Try and uh, I love tweeting while I'm recording. Um, <laughs> <laughs> by the way. To everyone that's out there in Twitter, I got, I, I took two hours yesterday to make a video that got absolutely zero traction. What the fuck? Well, where is it? I'm going to tweet it. Not, not, not that that's going to make much of a difference either, but uh, just I'll, to show you some love. I'll DM it to you. This isn't me trying to, I'm not desperate for, uh, for, but yeah, it's just right, one of Bitcoin, those things. Bitcoin simply, here we are. Uh... I had this idea. I was like, dude, I got to do this. So I did it and got literally like five likes, one retweet. Yeah. Yeah. Like zero traction. I was like, wow, I did not expect that. And um, it's Lex Grossman, right? Uh, Les Grossman. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Boots with the fur. Yeah. Yeah, except I did the, I used that uh, opportunities that I've got the, the brains, you've got the brawn, let's make lots of money. Um, because the idea was he's watching, that's what the whole video is, he's watching, you know, the news report, oh, Bitcoin crashed down below 38K. And then it's like what all the plebs do, they just get up and they start dancing and buying the <laughs> fucking dip. <laughs> I'm watching it now. I need to watch it with the music on. Uh, but if I do that, it's going to screw the recording up. But uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, like, you have to. It's retweeted, have, liked, yeah. And but it's just funny. It's like one of those things where I was like, dude, this is so good. And there's a longer version that, like, I could do up to like two minutes. And I had ideas yeah. to like throw thing different things in there and like funny jokes. But I was also like, well, that's going to take a lot of time, yeah. and I'm going to be even more mad if I spend that much time on it. And then it gets zero traction. So I was like, so I spent two hours on it. And if it goes nowhere, I'll just be kind of mad. And then it went nowhere. And I was like, damn it. Um, Mate, and, uh, I've done I've done this so many times. I, uh, I made a meme. It took me hours one Sunday afternoon. And it was the meme um, from Goodwill Hunting uh, where um, uh, Robin Williams finally makes the the breakthrough with Matt Damon 
Uh, oh, yeah. We, you yeah. know, the, the famous it's not your fault. Not your fault. Oh, it's man. It makes me cry every time. It's not your fault. So I did a meme. I did a Bitcoin meme to that. And, uh, you know, I just didn't have the skills. I still don't. Um, so I, I had to, it took me ages. I was rejigging the, um, I didn't do a voiceover to it. I just did uh, the, uh, the transcript underneath. Yeah. Trying to get all of that perfectly linked up to like, you know, it took me ages. Absolutely ages. And uh, I, I pushed it out there. And a few people kind of found it quite funny. And then uh, the meme tards picked up on it, like Pubby and all those guys, uh, yeah. Greg Zarge. And they were like, dude, this is like some weak ass shit. This is like one of the worst memes that we ever seen. <laughs> 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 I, got, I, got, I, I got some feedback. Uh, it wasn't the feedback I was looking for, but um, it was all in good fun, tongue in cheek. But, yeah, uh, I, I still think it's a great meme. No, and I mean it's one of those things. What I need to do once once my company gets even bigger, and I can just hire somebody. I'm going to hire somebody as a meme maker, right? And they're going to because I have the ideas, but I just don't have the time to sit there. I, you know, to sound like oh I'm so important. I just I literally don't have the time. I was like yesterday. I was like I have two hours to kill where I can be okay with myself and not doing the other stuff I need to do. Um, Cause as much as I do love my job, there is a lot of administration stuff that, you know, I can't wait to shove onto somebody else and make that their responsibility. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the um, yeah, I was like, Oh man, this is going to crush it. And it went zero. And I was, well, <laughs> I made a, I made a meme of the meme. I did that bad luck, Brian, you know, the, uh, I don't know if you could see it on my feed where I was like, spends two hours on uh, making this meme. Twitter tells, thinking it's going to be great or something. And Twitter tells me like it wasn't worth the time or whatever. Um, yeah. 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 That happened. And, yeah. It's, it's funny, mate. And then you like, um, it's weird what just gets traction. Yeah. Uh, There's no uh, rhyme or reason to it almost, you know, it's just. No, there really isn't. Um. So yeah, so let's go to the questions. Yep. So all right, Wilbur wrong. He wrote and said, "So you could be living anywhere in the world, and you chose France. Why?" Um, mm -hmm. And I agree with him. Nothing against France. It's a, it is a beautiful place. Been there multiple many times. Um, and but they are crazy right now. So oh, what is what do you how do you how do you live with that moral conflict? Oof. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, yes. Um, why did we choose France? The, 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 the absolute, uh, truthful answer is uh, France chose us. And, uh, this was back in, um, 2016. We, we came here in May, 2016. Um, so not orange pilled by any stretch of the imagination, uh, you know, stacking, playing around, trying to understand it but not at all um, orange peeled, not anywhere near to the level, right not, no, not, not, to, not to the level of distrust of governments, to the level of distrust of, uh, of systems. And, and you still had you know, belief, you, you still had faith in the system. We, you know, we, we, we'd come by that point, we had bounced around for two and a half years and we had just been free, just free because 
you know, by the time we left Singapore, we'd been out of the UK for 15 years. They didn't care. They didn't know where we were or what we were doing. Singapore, they were like, yeah, whatever. See you later. Just another expat family that have been here and now they're leaving. Mm -hmm. uh, so no one cared. We weren't, we didn't have, we're taking the kids out of school. We were doing the world schooling thing. We didn't have anyone chasing after us, you know, you know, are you keeping up with curriculum or doing like remote long distance schooling or anything? We were gone. Like, holy shit. You know, we, I, I had tax um, uh, commitments in Singapore, but that was all on auto. Like, you know, yeah. you guys know the bank account details, take it when you need it. You know, if you, if you know what I've earned and um, that that's all done. Um, so, we, and everywhere we went, we were just tourists and you, you, that, it's amazing. Tourists get treated the best, right? And oh yeah, we were home swapping. So we were down to zero cost on accommodation. We were buying um, food that we needed from local markets or like the local supermarkets and, and, and just keeping costs as low as possible and just, you know, doing sensible things and uh, spending our time walking around the, the cities or the suburbs where we were staying and, uh, you know, visiting the free museums, the free parks, the, you know, whatever, the libraries, you know, doing all of this cool stuff and getting to know different different parts of the world. And after two and a half years, we were just like pretty spent. And, um, you know, I, your packet. It can be relaxed. It can be spent. Uh, it can take a lot of energy to do that. You you know, when you're, you're yeah, you're, you're packing up a move in every other week or mm -hmm. to 10 days, whatever it is. Um, that's, a, you know, and there's six of you. And the youngest, when we started, were, you know, a pair of three-year-olds. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's an operation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so they're twi you have twins? Yeah, the last uh the last oh, two are twins. That. Yeah. Oh wow. So Lauren has a twin brother. Okay. Uh, yeah. So they were three. Yeah. Wow. So by the time we turned up in France and uh we we got the opportunity to take on a um a house sit, which was uh the answer to another the other question. Yeah, um, yeah. difference between house sitting and home swapping. So um yeah, we got a chance to house sit for for two to two and a half months in France, and just that somebody that was just like on vacation or taking you know, just... so so house sitting. Yeah, what's different? Um, the 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 most common reasons people uh, are looking for people to house sit uh, are it's a vacation home, it's a second home that they have somewhere else uh, which they're not using, and they don't want to rent out because they can't be bothered doing like uh, hiring a company to do the changeovers, hiring somebody to listing it on Airbnb or, or virtual rent by owner. And maybe there's tax implications for taking in rental and stuff. So they just prefer, I don't want to do that. I just want to have a second home. And that means somebody it's going to be empty. It. And if I can find someone to take care of it, that's trusted, because there's websites like Trusted House Sitters or Trusted Pet Sitters um, that you can sign up to and look for these gigs and uh, you form a relationship with the people before you turn up and uh, you have a set of instructions. Maybe you've got to look after the garden. Maybe you've got to clean out the uh, the pond every once a week or maybe you've got, maybe they're having building works done and you've just got to be there to let in the, the plumbers and the builders or whatever that's going on with the extension. could be a thousand different reasons that uh, somebody needs a house sitter. Or there's a pet sitters, you know, somebody, um, it's a pain in the ass to put your dog in a kennel for two or three weeks if you're going on a yeah. holiday. But if you can have somebody come and sit your home and the dog doesn't 
have to be taken out of its surroundings and it's going to get walked every day and it's going to get fed every day and it's going to have fun with new people in the house and the house is going to be looked after. Yeah. And the house is going to be looked after and the house isn't going to be burgled because there's always movement going on within the house and people coming and going and there's not going to be a bunch of posts just piling up somewhere because that's being taken care of. And um, then there's the... um, uh, you know, some people have small holdings, right, um, that um, can't get away. But uh, there are professional house sitters that go around looking after people's just horses because people wow. love horses. And um, so yeah. imagine the properties that you could house sit, like bumping around the world. Um, oh, I'm sure you could get some great ones. <laughs> so we got a house sit in the middle of France all over July and August and a little bit into September. And we just started getting feel for the country and uh, my wife and I decided there's one thing we could gift to our children. It'd be the ability to speak another language. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the, the older two at the time were showing interest. We, we'd found just by Facebook groups and whatever else, uh, we'd found a local teenage girl that was just giving out like uh, half hour French lessons. And the older two were going along to that and they were enjoying it. They were playing card games or whatever else. And so they'd shown interest in, in uh, learning the language. And here came the hard part because we knew to get that done, we'd have to put them back in the system. And entering back into a system was the worst. So now all of a sudden, like, oh, where have you, what what grades have you? So we found a place to rent long term. And um, then you've got to find, you got to sign a contract. And then you've got to tell the local Marie, the mayor, that you're there. And then you've got to set up a bank account. And then you've got to set up a um, – then you've got to uh, get a car. We, we got a car from the UK. Then you've got to change the plates. And all of this administration just kept building up and, you know, doing the administration, getting the kids in the school. Um, it's just form after form after form. And I was like, oh, man, this is, this is my worst nightmare. Yep. But we stuck it out and, um, you know, you, you, you wade through all of that shit. And uh, the kids went back into school and um, picked up the language, thankfully, pretty quickly. Uh, the three younger ones are out again now, but my, my eldest daughter, she's stuck with it. Um, she's, she's getting good grades, so she's, she's happy to keep pushing it. She wants to, you know, max it mm-hmm. out. Um, so the, the, the answer is we didn't choose France. Like France, it, it just so kind of – yeah, it just kind of – organically happened but over the time that we've been here it's really challenging to accept what's going on it's really yeah it's really disheartening discouraging and um it's gonna be easier because you're not in the city right yes Uh, but so here's the thing the the political structure here is just so freaking retarded. Um, it, it's it's such a socialist country as well. And but this is again when I turned up, I wasn't into that whole. I wasn't like you know what's socialism, what's capitalism, what's communism, what's you know what is money. I didn't even got to that point. Yeah, and um, yeah, so just... it, it it all just starts creeping up, and then every time you're like, all oh, right, okay, and that's why that works that way, and that's why they do this, and that's why there's bureaucracy, bureaucracy over here. And that's why the education system shit. And that's why that and it, it all just starts clicking. We all know this going down the Bitcoin rabbit hole. Um, 
but then so that you know since we've been here we've had to deal with the brexit bullshit you know all of a sudden we might not even be welcome here as british people even though we're not lived in a damn country for 20 years all i've got is a little booklet that says i was born there but yeah. that might mean i'm not allowed to live in this country because of these politicians over here are just like you know going crazy at each other because you know one country wants to leave the european union and all of that kind of nonsense was going on so you have to go through all of that process of getting a carte de sejour just to say that you can stay here for another five years. It's kind of like a quasi-permanent um, residence type thing. And then they then they throw out this bullshit about you're not allowed to homeschool, even though we've got our three three of our four kids um, homeschooling, they're doing self-directed education um, because it's breeding Muslim fundamentalist behavior. You know, it, you can actually say that like you you can like, someone can say that like out loud i thought trump invented the insensitive talk <laughs> so people were saying that before unbelievable unbelievable and now we've got all of this um covid bullshit going on and locking people down so we we have this like every single hamlet down to the tiny hamlet where there's like four houses has a mayor what is the point of having a mayor if all that mayor is going to do is just toe the line of the narrative from the gov? And the gov is lock down, close every business. And they all how said, can okay. that be? How can that be the same for a tiny little town in the country where you have one cafe, one tobacco, one um, restaurant, and a boulanger? No, close it all down. Everyone's going to die dead. Like, why can't the mayor make a decision for his own citizens that, you know, the, the, the town that he has stewardship over? No, absolutely nothing. So it's just a complete blanket, you know, do as I say or else society and could be coming to an end <laughs> for us. We so, we got to see what plays out because it's just been very very difficult to accept some of the decisions that have been made here. And now they're trying. They they, they went into um, uh, Parliament the other day to vote on whether or not it should be made mandatory to vaccinate all adults. They had to vote on that. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's what the was point. the result? I don't even think they've um, come to it yet. I, I dare even open a web page, and like it's just, what the hell? You think it'll pass? They'll pass that? How can they? I mean, yeah, that's. This is the kind of shit they were saying in New Zealand the other day, right? It's yeah. um, again. I think it's all just massive amounts of political gerrymandering and, and you know, it's scaremongering and just. Just, just fear boots on people's necks the whole yep. time. That's crazy. That's that's. I mean, you know, I don't ever plan on leaving. You know, I love Pennsylvania. Um, but you know, fortunately, I mean, even though we're all under the federal rule, we still have the ability to go to different states, and uh our governor was crazy um and before christmas they were like 
you know, they may they mandatorily locked down all or it said all restaurants have to close like two weeks leading up to Christmas. Right. And I was just like, oh, that's a great kick in the pants to all the servers and people that work there. Like mm-hmm. hope none of their kids wanted any Christmas presents or, mm-hmm. you know, food for Christmas. Um, so we went out like every night that week before the mandatory close down happened and we patronized them all and, you know, and gave generous tips. We were just you know, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I was just like, what would I be feeling like if I was them, you know? And, um, and there were a lot of people like the restaurants are packed. So it was good to see, but then the only, so I was kind of afraid, like, is Pennsylvania going to be kind of like France or, you know, these other countries, what are we going to be New York or California? Or are we going to be Florida or Texas? Mm-hmm. And, um, and fortunately, one good sign was they had an election. It's just like a primary, like for nothing, like primaries for small little things. But on the ballot, they put um, on the ballot, they put the governor of Pennsylvania declared, you know, an emergency whenever COVID happened and that he was allowed to de- have the state of emergency last 90 days and he could extend it in perpetuity. And that was um, in the constitution of of the state of Pennsylvania in the amendment to the constitution was to say that the state of emergency could only last 21 days and he couldn't extend it without um, getting, you know, the Congress and everything to agree. So, which would mean if he wanted to do what he did again, it wouldn't happen. Um, and so me and my wife like showed up to vote for that one. You know, I didn't know I've never you know, these little local primaries I never never paid too much attention, but it was like a resounding like answer and it passed like where people were just like, no, like we're done. We're done with you putting our, you know, locking us down. Well, we went long, man. Uh, <laughs> I uh, appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, if it, people don't know where to find you, where can they find you? Yeah, it's uh at Princey SOV on uh, on Twitter, that's store of value, because that's what I truly believe. Um, people should look at first when they look at Bitcoin, it's like, how can I store my value? You know, how can I take what I've spent so many hours and years of my life doing to earn? How can I store that? And and Bitcoin is a way to store that value. So that's uh, that's definitely you, one that's thing. That's the way to maximalism. Yep. Yep. And um, so you can find me there, and uh, that that's probably the best place to reach out. Uh, the website is once-bitten.com, and um, yeah, the the podcast is once bitten. Just just put that in a search engine, Apple Pods or Google or Spotify. You you'll find it. Whatever whatever um, podcast uh, platform you use. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for coming on and uh, doing this again. And I look forward to chatting again in the future. Thanks, man. And thanks for stepping up and uh, and putting out the content and uh, those dank memes that get one retweet. And it's, uh, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? God, hopefully someday I'll make something go viral. (laughs) Take care, brother. Great to see you. All right. Great to see you.